0: Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by Shop Wildrose Farmer. Your purchase from Shop Wild Rose Farmer, including the infamous I Am Your Farmer t shirt, as well as so many great other goodies, goes directly to supporting the Rural Woman Podcast. Receive 10% off your first order when you sign up for the Wild Rose Farmer community email list. Head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more. On this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast, you'll meet Becky Doherty. Becky became a first-generation farmer back in 2016 when her and her husband, John, along with their two kids, Cadence and Keegan, bought a farm and started Stonepost Farms. The farm quickly evolved into a direct marketing business focusing on providing nutrient-dense food including pasture-raised meats, naturally grown produce, free-range eggs, and unpasteurized honey. The farm focuses on holistic management and regenerative agricultural practices. Becky has a newfound passion in agriculture with a desire to promote education in regenerative agriculture. She now focuses fully on the farm and its direct marketing business. In addition, she also volunteers as a board member for Organic Alberta and helps promote local food in the education system. I had the pleasure of meeting Becky face-to-face back in February at the Organic Alberta presentation that I did, and it was great to chat with her again, and I'm so excited to share her story with you. If you guys were interested in listening to my presentation that I did for the Organic Alberta conference, you can head back to episode number 45, and there is a live recording of my presentation as well as my interview with Kelly Sidorek. Before we get to Becky and her interview, let's go over the review of the week. This week's review comes from Ashley Kernan via Apple Podcast. This five-star rating and review is titled, Five Plus Stars. Woohoo! So it says, I have been so encouraged and inspired by the incredible women featured on this podcast. I love to listen while doing chores on my own little farm. Caitlin, thank you for stewarding these beautiful stories and for sharing so much of your own. Your hard work does not go unnoticed. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for your kind words and rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. And if you guys have been loving the show, please leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to the Royal Woman Podcast. And without further ado, my friends, let's get to Becky's episode. Hi, Becky. How are you? Wonderful. And yourself? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Women Podcast today. I'm really excited to continue our conversation that we started at the Organic Alberta Conference that I met you at earlier in February. Yes, me too. It's so great to actually meet the women that I get to interview face to face. So I'm excited to get to share your story with my audience. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, share it. For the listeners who may not be familiar with you, give us a little bit of your background story and tell us who you are and where you're from. All right. So my name is Becky
1: Doherty. I'm co-owner operator with Stone Post Farms. We're just a small family farm, myself, my husband, and our two kids. We started farming in 2016. Prior to that, we lived near Edmonton. And we originally came from down south by Lethbridge. I'm originally from Radium Hot Springs, BC. I grew up a small town country girl. And my parents were also entrepreneurs. They ran a small trail riding business. So I grew up in the tourism side of things and helping my parents run their business. And then uh, for post-secondary school, I moved out to Alberta, which is where I met my husband, John. We went to university together at the University of Lethbridge, and after university, we got married and started our careers, uh, which led us to the Edmonton area, and uh, John's long-term goal was to be a farmer, so in 2016, we made that jump.
0: Very cool. I I love it that you are graduates from my hometown. So that's wonderful. You know all about the wind and everything that we have to deal with during this time of year. So (laughs) you you know the struggle, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One part I don't miss about down south is that wind. (laughs)
0: Right. I will say like we don't hardly have any snow and it is March first and it is sunny and beautiful out today. But yeah, that wind is very, very annoying. (laughs) So did John come from an egg background? What made him want to become a farmer?
1: Yes. So he did grow up on a small family farm. He is actually a fourth generation farmer. So their farm was a small mixed farm, mainly a calf operation, but they also raised pigs and chickens. They did eggs and had a small garden uh, that was all for their family. So we kind of wanted to replicate that. And uh, yeah, farming was always in his blood and it just didn't work out to take over the family farm, which is how we ended up by Wildwood.
0: Very good. So tell us more about your background before you became a farmer.
1: So I ended up in GIS, which is Geographic Information Systems, and it's working with spatial data. So data that has locational properties. And I've been in several different industries. So I actually started up in Fort St. John doing oil and gas pipelines and wells, transitioned to pipeline risk assessment, uh, precision agriculture, worked for municipal government down at the county of Lethbridge. And then uh, we ended up moving up to Edmonton for a job, which I was focusing on soil reclamation and mapping mostly oil sands reclamation up there. And then my past job, which I just actually left a week ago, was uh, in forestry. So doing a lot of strategic modeling and analysis for forestry companies and helping them plan out how they're going to cut meeting government regulations, that kind of thing.
0: Very cool. Well, and congratulations are in order, I assume, for (laughs) leaving your full-time job and making the full jump to a full-time farmer. So that's very big and very exciting.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's slightly terrifying at the same time, but definitely exciting as well.
0: For sure. So you have like a very dynamic and diverse background when it comes to basically natural resources. And that's very interesting. And I think obviously that ties well into farming.
1: Yes, it absolutely does. I'm really excited to kind of break into some Different areas of farming that you typically don't think about, uh, like using things like drones to uh, capture kind of the three D landscape of our farms. So doing contouring, so we can look at how water drains around our area and how to kind of increase the efficiency of drainage. Because over the years, past farmers have kind of dammed off areas. So we're trying to use technology like that to. Reestablish drainage channels and connect wetlands that we do have. We started soil sampling on our property, so starting to look at those results and map them out, doing things like that, uh, right down to using spreadsheets to do uh, breakdowns and analysis of the different enterprises we have, whether it's looking at the cow, calf. How that all works out with, you know, the bulls pairing with our cows, which ones have the best pairings and produce the best calves right down to the nutrients or just cost breakdown. So it spreads out quite a bit. So my skills have really lent a hand in that side of things.
0: That's awesome. Those are such good skills to have in farming because I think there's always the misconception, at least from outside of agriculture, that farmers kind of just throw a seed down, water it, harvest it and they're done, but there's so much science and luckily technology now that goes behind all of this and all of your skills just tie nicely into it. So that's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Have you been loving the Rural Woman podcast? Are you wondering how you can support the show? Well, friend, I'm happy to announce that I've recently joined Patreon. What is Patreon? Well, it's a membership-based platform that provides a simple way for you to contribute to the Rural Woman Podcast every month and get exclusive rewards in return. Memberships start as low as $2 a month. Seriously, that's less than your grande, skinny, extra hot caramel macchiato with whip. Wondering what the rewards are? Well, they include promo codes for Shop Wild Rose Farmer, draws for the Rural Woman Podcast merchandise, shout-outs on the show, and more. Your financial support of the Rural Women podcast will help make it possible for the stories of women in agriculture to continue to be shared. So, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to find out more information about how you can become a patron through Patreon. So, tell the listeners more about Stonepost Farms. What do you guys do there on your farm? So as I said
1: before, we're a small mixed farm. We really wanted to kind of replicate what a family farm looked like almost hundred years ago and being self-sufficient. So we do uh, cattle, pork, chickens, and turkeys. Uh, for our chickens, we have layers, which are the ones that have the lay the eggs, and we have broilers, which are the meat birds. We also run uh, just over an acre in market garden, which we expand on every year. We have a small apiary of four beehives so far, but we keep growing that uh, with each year. And we're also starting with uh, planting an orchard. So we've got lots of raspberries, Saskatoon berries, and we're starting to bring in cherries, strawberries, that kind of thing. And uh, we also want to incorporate agroforestry into it. So bringing trees and using that as part of our pasture system with our cattle. And so we direct market all of this and that's how we're trying to sustain ourselves is building ourselves big enough so that both my husband and I can work on the farm and sustain our family by selling all of these products.
0: That's very cool. And what kind of marketing are you doing for your farm? Are you doing a CSA or online sales? So we're doing a little bit of everything.
1: We started with the farmer's markets. We just finished up our third year We've started into CSAs. So we are into our third year of CSAs and we do it a little bit differently. So we have kind of the more traditional vegetable CSA, which we do in the summer. Uh, We're hoping to expand that into also offering a fall CSA. And then we do a meat and an egg CSA, which isn't typical so people can sign up for three months and for the meat one you get a variety of meat every single week and for the egg one you get a dozen eggs every week so we started doing that and we offer the meat and egg year-round and then we also this past December started doing an online store Uh, we're still working out the kinks with that and trying out different platforms but uh trying to do a variety to kind of capture different aspects of our clientele.
0: Very cool. And what would you say is the overall consensus from your consumer? Are they excited for this fresh produce and for the fresh meat? Is it kind of a new thing for them? What's kind of the overall consensus in your area? A lot of the people
1: who have joined our CSA are incredibly excited about it. They really believe in that connection to the farmer and knowing where your food comes from. And so like that's one thing we really came to understand at the farmers market is the people who are coming back are the ones who really want to know that story and to understand where their food comes from, how their animals are treated, how the vegetables are grown, and they want that transparency and they really appreciate that we go that extra length to spend time and and provide the information that they want because that's nowadays is pretty hard with a lot of the bigger organizations. So,
0: well absolutely and obviously the bigger farms and things they're not necessarily doing the direct marketing thing, right? We're selling to grain buyers or we're we're selling to bigger corporation. So to have that face to your food, I think is super important. And I know for myself, personally, I really enjoy knowing the story behind where my food came from. Even if it does, let's say, come from Costco, I know that there is a rancher and feedlot operator, I guess, somewhere that, you know, put their heart and soul into this food. But to come from the smaller farm too, I think that's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah.
0: So On your website, I was doing some research beforehand, and I really loved your tagline for Stone Post Farms. It says, farming with ethics, sustainable and regenerative agricultural practices, producing nutrient-dense food from our farm to your table. So I really, really enjoyed that tagline. And I want to ask you or get you to tell us more about how Stone Post Farm uses these principles to grow and produce food for people.
1: Yeah, we kind of we developed that one last winter. Um, and we've kind of really been trying to figure out yeah what our path is over the first couple of years. And uh, we turned to the University of YouTube, among like podcasts and books and everything. And um, we came across regenerative agriculture and holistic management, and really liked the principles it had to offer. And, you know. Everything on the farm is tied together, and you're basing everything of your soil and your plants, and the health of those determines the health of everything else. And we really connected with that. And I think a lot of that has to do with both my background and my husband's background, which is also in natural resources. So we have that really good understanding of how soils work. So it really made sense for us to connect to regenerative farming and um, holistic management. And so we take principles such as rotational grazing, bale grazing, that kind of thing with our cows, as well as our pork and our chicken. And then looking at uh, permaculture, permanent garden beds, that sort of practice with our gardens. We don't use any sprays on our farm at all. So when we look at weed management, we're using our livestock to manage the weeds and that kind of thing. So looking at it a very holistic way and uh, trying to connect the dots without using anything that we don't already have, which is animals in our land.
0: So, For sure. And using these practices, how would you say that the land has changed from back in 2016 when you originally purchased your farm to where it is now?
1: I remember in 2016, we were both still working full time and, um, when we drive home, you could see our field and it was yellow and white from Oxide Daisy and tall Buttercup. And so that's all you would see. And now this past summer when I drive home, it actually looked like a grass pasture. A lot of it had been just weeded out by the successful growth of grasses naturally taking over where the weeds were. Our pastures were pretty poor, obviously, when we started, just full of weeds. So we've seen a massive improvement in just
0: four years.
1: We did a, a bale grazing site two years in a row. And this summer, it was well over my waist, and I'm a, I'm a fairly tall person. So we were pretty excited at that. And there was barely a weed in there. So to me, that's a, a massive success. And it's it pretty cool, so short term to see those changes.
0: We live on big spreads and tiny homesteads, farms, ranches, and everywhere in between, neighbors separated by barbed wire fences and gravel roads, divided by section lines and field boundaries. We are wives and mothers, husbands and fathers, producers and consumers, held together by the threads of history and love. Here in these vast, wide open places, we answer the call of caregivers to the land, the animals, and our families with open hearts and willing hands. The miles of gravel and pavement between our homes can make the isolation of rural life feel insurmountable. Sometimes we struggle to reach out and ask for help, even though we never pause when one of our own needs our support. We come together in times of crisis and in times of joy. We celebrate together when the markets are up and hold each other together when the world falls apart. We support each other's families from the sidelines and in the trenches. We show up for each other, operating equipment, working cattle, cooking meals, and offering a shoulder to cry on when there's nothing else we can do. We may get knocked down, but together we get back up and carry on. We are fighters who never back down from a challenge or allow obstacles to stop us in our tracks. When the going gets tough, we rally. We rise from the ashes of heartbreak because this life is in our blood and it is part of our soul. Though we are proud of our independence and our strength, We know that together we can overcome challenges we can't handle alone. Introducing Rally, a charitable campaign aiming to bring agriculture together. The agricultural industry is like no other. Farmers and ranchers are truly the eternal optimists. We work against the clock and the elements on a daily basis. We stand alone in our fields and come together in need. The Rally campaign was built for this purpose, to stand together and to support one another. We are the faces of agriculture, no matter the size of our operations. We stand united whether we're conventional or organic, grass or grain finished, big egg or small farm. We're all in this together. The Rally Campaign is a fundraising effort to provide funds for selected agricultural organizations. Funds raised through the rally campaign will be donated to the Do More Agricultural Foundation, who is a not-for-profit organization focused on mental health in agriculture across Canada, and the Agri-Ability Project, whose mission is to enhance the quality of life for farmers, ranchers, and other agricultural workers with disabilities so they, their families, and their communities can continue to succeed in rural America. Purchase your Rally Campaign t shirt over at Shop Wild Rose Farmer with $4 of the proceeds being equally split between these two worthy organizations. For more information about the Rally Campaign, head on over to slash rally. And you mentioned that you obviously attended the University of YouTube and the Google and all of those things, but was there any courses that you took or any resources that you particularly remember that were? really helpful in your regenerative holistic management journey
1: we work with our uh, the west central forge association is our local uh, association to the area and they host a lot of courses throughout the year so we've attended a few of those there's a, a couple courses um, that my husband actually went to with steve kenyon and jill salatin which was really a good kickstarter for us and then I attended uh, Regeneration Canada's Soil Symposium in 2018. And uh, just being able to connect with all those people and start forming like a bit of a network so you have people to kind of rely on and, and learn from uh, were pretty big. But the first one that really got me started was I did a Success for Women in Agriculture course back in 2017 and was able to connect to some pretty amazing women that were already on the the path to holistic management. So
0: That's very cool. And is that a program that has continuously run since 2017, or was that just a one-time thing?
1: I believe it was just a one-time thing. We have been in the process of trying to start a bit of a peer group from that and doing kind of a a leadership in with women in agriculture in the Alberta area. It's been a little slow to kind of pick up, but we're kind of just trying to do it organically and ask people to join and just even connect on Facebook. So we have a bit of a support system because like some of the ladies I've met there have been amazing and we've met up since. And it's, you know, you can bounce ideas off them or just chat and see what they're going through. And just having that resource has been fantastic. But unfortunately, I don't think that one is still going, but.
0: Well, maybe you can start a new one now, Becky. Yeah. (laughs) This could be your kickstart to start this whole thing over again. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah. What would you say some of the biggest struggles have been as a first generation farmer?
1: Knowledge and experience have been really challenging. You know, you come across an issue and not automatically knowing what to do and having to spend the time and to figure out what to do. And obviously, we learn a lot of lessons the hard way, as I think many, many people do. But you don't know until you try. Another one is Just finances and time. We had to work, both of us, full-time when we first started. And right now, we still have to have someone work full-time just to make sure we have consistent income. So that's been a huge challenge. We just don't have that time to commit because we need to make the money to put into our farm. And it's a bit of a vicious circle just trying to get going with farming, have the equipment and all that stuff. It's definitely a challenge. Time and money.
0: For sure. I think that's a challenge for even other generations of farming is the whole time and money thing. It is a continuous cycle of that being a struggle. (laughs) Yeah. So what are your plans then for Stone Post Farms? What do you hope to expand and what are your plans for the future?
1: We're hoping within the next five years that we will be uh, completely sustainable without outside income for both myself and my husband we are trying to grow our our poultry uh, to the max that we're allowed without being quota right now we're really expanding our pork this past fall we decided instead of just buying feeder pigs and raising them that we're actually going to have our own sows and boars and breed and raise our own so that one's been kind of an exciting adventure so we're really hoping to expand upon that and um We're hoping to move away from the farmer's market model and more to the online delivery pickup system as well as getting into restaurants and doing a little more wholesale as farmer's markets are fairly time intensive. So we're kind of hoping just to build our clientele and then just work on word of mouth essentially from
0: there. Very cool. And Becky, what would you say is the most rewarding part about being a farmer for you? The smiles
1: and the nice things people have to say about your food from our customers. They are just over the moon about how excited they are just to get a dozen eggs or when they come and pick up their produce basket and they can't wait to tell you about the amazing meal that they cooked with your food and just how thankful they are for the food that we do provide for them. And the quality of it. And that that really in itself is kind of been the the main reason we keep going. So
0: I'd say that one. Yeah. Very good. That's a good one to have. <laughs> well, and we all know the food that comes directly from somebody's garden tastes so much better than what it does from the grocery store. I don't care who you are. I think that's the common consensus. <laughs>
1: I think so too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Becky, it has been so good catching up with you. I'm so happy to have met you at the Organic Alberta Conference. I think it's, like I said before, it's great to be able to connect with people from agriculture face-to-face, and especially people who grow food the same way as you, because as you know, as organic and regenerative and holistic management, we're kind of a small group in the grand scheme of things. So it's always great to connect with people face-to-face.
1: Absolutely.
0: For my listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online?
1: So we have uh, Stone Post Farms on both Facebook and Instagram. So you can DM us or message us through there. Also can email me farmerbecky at stonepostfarms.ca. And we're hoping soon this year to be starting up a YouTube channel
0: again called Stonepost Farms. Very good. And I will link all of those in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining me on the Rural Woman podcast today, Becky. I think my listeners are going to enjoy getting to know you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.